It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. What's up, party people? It is madness here in March. And of course, we have a few ACC teams holding on via thread, some great heart-pounding games that got us through the weekend. We'll talk about that, how Miami is a sole survivor on the men's side, but the women looking pretty good. We already got two teams in the Sweet 16. We'll talk about who may join them after today's games. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, hold it down for us, Peninsula P. We know that it has been a tough weekend for you. We figured that you might need some consoling. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs here. Each and every day you can find us talking about fun times around our conference. We are so close to 1,000 subscribers. It hurts that 40 of y'all can't figure out how to hit that subscribe button so we can get to 1,000, but it's okay. We love you still. We appreciate you if you're watching our YouTube show or you're listening wherever you listen to your podcast. Kenton, it has been a week of madness. We can breathe a little bit because ACC is not that bad. We got teams in the Sweet 16. So, P.O.P., hold us down. I'm I'm done with March Madness. Um, (laughs) I've been binging the John Wick series, so that's been interesting. Um, can we talk about crocheting or, or porcelain sculptures today? I'd, I'd like to talk about either one of those things in depth. Creighton always gets some of us, right? Creighton always hurts the feelings of some team around the triangle. Unfortunately, it had to be NC State, but they also hurt some of our Locked on Baylor friends last night. So I was like, dang, NC State definitely knows what it's like to have a Creighton flop. Welcome to the club, friend. Either way it goes, happy to have you here talking through some of these games. Let's start with our friends, our Capel Crusaders, Pitt and Xavier. Xavier 
I don't know what's going on in your outdoor world, but it is crazy. <laughs> They're cutting grass outside my apartment doing some uh, lawn stuff. I see. Xavier took on Pitt, and it was a wild one. You know, it, Pitt really never really got into the game. You know, it was one of those things where the better team certainly got the play. Xavier's had a great season, and Pitt has had a nice run. Their Cinderella shoes came off, and it's here we are standing. I'd say great season for the Panthers. No reason to hold your head down. Nobody thought you would get this far. Not only did you exceed expectations, you damn near were almost the regular season champions, and you potentially could have gotten in the Sweet 16. If you were to give an assessment of Pitt, what would you say? I'd say the same thing. I'd say this is a team that, I mean, they, there was not much expected of them, and they did more than what was expected. They showed up. They showed out. They gave everything that they could with a roster that didn't have all the talent in the world, which, by the way, now, as much as you say I'm scared of the Capels, this is what you got to say. You can't really give them credit for like, oh, well, the roster doesn't have much talent, but they worked it out when this is what, Jeff Capel's fourth year, third, fourth? Yeah. Like, at this point in time, them not having talent is on you. So, you know, I mean, overperforming terrible is like good. That's good. You know, being a really good team, that's good. Um, getting as deep as they did in the tournament, I mean, that's good for where they've been. But, you know. It's it's the question of what is our standard, what is our floor? And if this is a floor-setting year, then that's a great job by the Capels. Yeah, I think for Capel, I mean, you look at the past three years have been crazy for college basketball in general. The landscape of college basketball is certainly changing. The transfer portal is becoming like free agency. So it's become this whole new world that everyone has needed time to adjust to. We've seen some of our older heads say they don't want to deal with it. Roy Williams, Coach K, now Jim Beheim, And you look at Capel where he's – a little more old school. Let's see how much longer Pitt gives him to readjust to the new ways of thinking. But Federico, Federico not playing. That definitely will give you a hard time. Or not scoring any points will give you a hard time. At the end of the day, this is a Xavier team that when they were shooting threes well, they're hard to stop. Very hard to stop. And boy, did they shoot the lights out against Pitt. I mean, you know, it's, again, Pitt showed up. They competed. They battled. They fought. But it's... It, that's just a better Creighton team. That's just a better Creighton team. And, and so Are you talking about Xavier, because that's who we're I'm talking sorry, about. I know Xavier on the brain. I'm sorry, better <laughs> Xavier. Team. Yes. Creighton is on the brain, but anyway, that's a better Xavier team. And um, that is a team that again, when you're missing Federico, Federico and some of the other guys in that front court that would normally be there, you see things like losing a rebounding battle. You see things like um, allowing some second chance buckets and all that. And, and so that's, that's kind of what happened. You also need help from your sixth man of the year, Nike Sabandi, who didn't have the best game, only finished with six points. Blake Henson, who, you know, was giving his all to this team, really loved just being a part of this niche group and what's next for him remains to be seen. But I think for Pitt, again, holding your head up high, nothing to be sad about because at the end of the day, it's a season nobody expects you to have. But this definitely is a certain setting a certain standard for how we should move forward, kind of like how Miami did last year. Is it a fluke year? You got this far. Was it something that just happenstance that these guys, you know, came together and figured it out? Or is it something that you're trying to move forward? Speaking of which, Miami, come to center stage. Our friends who love to get in our mentions talk to us all the time about Miami. They... Love the fact that we're there, a basketball school now. Both men's and women's are, you know, in that fight. They beat a number four seeded Indiana team, 69 to 8, 85 to 69. The Hurricanes won. They never really let up. 
I thought with the hot start that they were having, I was like, okay, I've seen this before. I'm a little nervous. Miami's going to crumble. They're going to stutter step. They're going to lose their speed and momentum. It didn't happen. So good on Miami for figuring out how to win big in a clutch moment, which was making it to the Sweet 16. I will apologize to Miami fans. Uh, I'm not familiar. I was not familiar with your game. I apologize. I, I don't know. know how you can say that when we've been watching them all season. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a joke. Shaq said that to Christian Wood when he dropped, uh, I want to say it was like 30 or something. He said, I, I apologize. I wasn't familiar with your game. And that's, you know, that's where that comes from. But moving right along, um, this was a game that they actually did have moments where they did falter and crumble and the lead evaporated to nothing. And then, you know, it's a game of runs at the end of the day. That hot start was enough. And not only was the hot start enough, they closed out. They started the game well. They finished the game well. And at the end of the day, what matters is what's on the scoreboard at the end of the uh, – when the buzzers go off and Miami, double-digit win here. Yeah. I mean, I guess when I say that, you know, they never really let them get back in the game, I think it's from an energy standpoint. Like, Miami just felt like the more dominant team in a moment where we've said the ACC sucks all year. You said that, you know, people have made comments about how our teams were never that good. I was expecting Indiana to kind of have a little stutter step but take over and just dominate, and that never happened to me. Even when they got back in it, I think the refs were a little bit on their side, but, you know, whatever. Illuminati always wants a higher seed to win in the grand scheme of things. I feel like Miami was able to pull it out big. Yeah, I mean, again, Isaiah Wong showed up and did Isaiah Wong things. Like, let's let's give that man his flowers. Let's give that man his credit. He has been showing up all year, and he did once again in this game. And uh, at the end of the day, when you see a game where Isaiah Wong is going off for 27 and 8, you'll be all right. Whatever is going on, you'll be all right. Nor Chad O'Meara chipping in a massive 17 rebounds, you'll be okay. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out, which they did. Again, there were moments. There were moments where Indiana cut that massive lead down to one or two points, but Miami always had an answer. Every time they got within striking distance, Miami just put the jab out there, put the jab on them and said, okay, oh, you want to get close? That's all right. That's all right. You can get as close as you want, but you're not going to actually win this game. That's just what this is going to be. And to me, those who said, how is Isaiah Wong the player of the year for the ACC? I'm like, I feel like this answers that question, right, personally. I feel like for Miami to have been able to pull out that win when they were in the first round without him having a great performance and him having that internal conversation, man-in-the-mirror conversation with himself and realizing that he does carry this team in so many big ways, dropping 27 against Indiana – all right, this is why he's a player of the year. And it helped that Armia has, you know, one and a half good ankles going for himself. Jordan Miller was able to figure it out. Nigel Pack did what he needed to do. It's like they know how to play for each other, and I think that's the biggest part. And they beat the allegations that you had before them, Kenton. They dropped their Tribune video talking about don't believe in us. It kind of worked out for them. I mean, there's still time for that to Cease. No, I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. The, I don't again, think so. I, I don't. I disagree with the take that this game explains why Isaiah won Player of the Year because I mean it's a regular season award. Number one, and number two, like even in this game, like Isaiah was dominant. He was f- phenomenal. He was spectacular. If he played like this all year, I wouldn't have a problem with him winning. I, like, there's no. But who played dominant? All- there's no one else from the ace CC on the men's side that is still standing. And, you know, who was dominant all year? Who was dominant all year? Tell me. But again. No, no, no. Tell me who was dominant all year that walked away with that award. 
I mean, Appleby from Wake Forest did it all year. Who did, did he? All year. No, he did not. He, he did, did not. He was not dominant all year. Because if he was dominant all year, his jokers would have been in that tournament. Okay? Period. L. Ellis was dominant for a good chunk of the year, and them boys did nothing. Them boys did zilch, zip, nada. But if you were a point go guard. Back on, go back on mute because your cutters is out here going crazy. Right. I think at the end of the day, <laughs> you can't take away from what Isaiah Wong has done for the group. And I'm happy that he is getting to show on a big stage and make himself a lot of money at the next level for what he has done here at Miami. So that was remained to be seen for me. Yeah, I, I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad that you put on the show. Don't get me wrong. I'm super excited about that. Super excited that Miami's moving forward. We need somebody on the men's side holding it down for the ACC. But, um, yeah, this is, again, I'm, I'm, I look at this team and I say that, hey, they're built to win. They've got good guard play. They've got veteran bigs. They've got a lot going for them that, you know, should bowl well, even if they're doing the whole nobody believes in us, don't like us now thing. Miami will face off against Houston on Friday. They'll play at 7.15 p.m. They are our lone male team survivor, surviving and advancing. So we'll have to be all in if you are part of the ACC crew rooting for an ACC school. Now, the bill. Yes, can I help you? Oh, I did say anything. Can you go back on mute? Thank you so much. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or pub, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know, I'll be voting for uh, Coconut, my favorite brownie crunch. I always stutter on it because it's just so good to me. And the fact that Miami Hurricanes are still in the opportunity to win. Then you'll be voting for that bar too. support your team, you support your bar or puff. And when you vote, your favorite bar or puff will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. Not only that, but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built to have built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try built because built is the best protein bar ever. Seriously. They're so amazing. They won't even, they won't even believe that they are good for you. What makes built bars puffs so good? Well, for starters, they are all, all high in protein, low sugar, covered in 100% real chocolate. Run to Built Mark. Ma- mm, there it is. BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick a box up while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. Rocking and rolling with Kenton Gibbs here. We're talking through March Madness. The men have one sole survivor, but the women are doing the damn thing. Figuring out how to win. And it is a grand time. Every time Kenton comes off mute, I just hear myself so loud. All right, let's talk about Notre Dame figuring out how to win big against Mississippi State. 53-48 victory for Coach Ivy and the girls without having Olivia Miles. It's been an excellent time to be a Fighting Irish fan. Big dubs for them and advancing slowly but surely. And I think that's just how the nature of this beast goes. I mean, every win without Olivia Miles is big for them. But they the thing about this team is they played in the tournament without Olivia. They played towards the end of the season without Olivia. There's, she is a crucial piece of this team. But they have played without her enough to where they figured it out. Coach Ivy gets them ready, gets them motivated, puts players in the right position to um, do, be successful even without their best player. So, you know, there's, there's nothing else that you could ask of a team. Um, you know, you're not expecting a blowout when you're missing your best player and playing in the tournament. 
And I think for Notre Dame, it's going to be critical for them to keep leaning on their best players, right? Without Olivia Miles, I think it's going to be important for Watson and West Bell to make sure that they are running, you know, doing what they can do from an assist standpoint. You're not going to be Olivia. Don't try and be Olivia, but do the best that you can. I also think for Bransford to have a big game for L. Excuse me, I'm getting her name right. Ebo to have a big game was huge for the squad, but they're going to have to find some more offense if they want to keep things rolling because there's a lot of good squads here in the women's side of the NCAA tournament. Virginia Tech handedly beat South Dakota State 72 to 60. Elizabeth Kitley and the girls kept things rolling nicely. They just look good. I think what's better about the Virginia Tech Hokies is their energy stays the same. I think they never get too high on themselves. They never get too low on themselves. They always have that fight and hunger, which is why I think they'll move along nicely in this tournament. I mean, this is a Virginia Tech team that they're a one seed rightfully. They, they are a team that they have balance. Of course, Kitley is going to be the best player on the court. 99.999% of the time in college basketball, but Georgia Moore comes along with her. And when, when that happens, that team is dangerous. When that happens, when they're seeing um, scoring from Taylor Soleil and, 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 you know, they're striping from deep, that is a team that defensively, you know what they're going to bring. They're going to bring effort. They're going to bring intensity. They're going to bring all the things. But when you also, when you combine that with an offense that is balanced, when you combine that with a team that is, I mean, at the end of the day, if they're going to shoot well uh, and they're going to, have a situation where they're distributing the basketball and players are getting open because obviously everybody in their mom is going to double team Kelly looking at a good situation for a hundred percent. That is our look at women who have advanced already to the sweet 16 for the ACC. There's a lot of games still to be played for who wants to get into those sweet 16 spots from our side. And that's looking good. Despite what NC State's being knocked out of here, we're, we're looking looking all right there for the women in advancement. We said that for the men's side, we'd only have three, which was a little troubling. But, you know, Duke let us down a little bit there. I wasn't expecting them to be knocked out so early, nor Virginia. However, on the women's side, we are holding holding strong here. North Carolina will take on Ohio State. We might not be holding on that strong after tonight, but the – Tar Heels will take on the Buckeyes at 4 p.m. on ESPN. Excited for the Tar Heels to have kind of a put-up-or-shut-up game. I think this is one where in their game against um, their previous opponent, who I'm looking at their team but can't draw their face, I felt like North Carolina did what they usually do. St. John's, there it was. I feel like North Carolina did what they usually do. Play well, do you know, come in, have really strong performance, offensive performance, clutch moments, but then somehow crumble towards the end. Or somehow just not figure it out. Somehow, you know, they get a little too big for their britches and they just stop running plays. They get a little too, you know, Deja Kelly tries to do too much and it just comes all over the place. Shooting threes where they should probably just run the play. It is one of those situations where going into Ohio State matchup, you can't get cute. You got to just do what you know. Do the fundamentals. Get those buckets how you can survive and not over try and oversell, you know, getting foul calls or all those sorts of things. Ohio State is the longer, more athletic team. The thing that uh, will be the redeeming quality for North Carolina is they play a very good, intense style of defense. And Ohio State's been up and down all this year. They, you know, they've, their highs were very high. Their lows were like, what under God's green earth is going on here? So with that being said, the task for this North Carolina team is to stay steady. Yeah. The task for this North Carolina team is to maintain that high level 
throughout the entire game. Yes, the other team will get runs. It's basketball. But we're meaning don't assist the other team on those runs. Don't have, you know, those back-to-back possessions of of bad turnovers or bad shots that end up being um, runouts for your opponent, which are, in essence, a turnover as well. Like, that's that's not what you want to see. Yeah, I think Hodgson and Kennedy Todd Williams are going to have to compliment uh, Deja Kelly as well as Alyssa Usby, who won on her birthday. So shout out to her. But it's going to be need to be a big game from your top players, as well as, you know, something to help off the bench. I think Paris absolutely has an opportunity to do well from a guard standpoint. But this is definitely one of the biggest games that North Carolina has played all season, in my opinion. So this will say a lot about, you know, to me, the improvement. We always feel like North Carolina has an opportunity to be in the conversation, but can you get this dub here to show why you're, you know, steadily making those adjustments as, you know, Coach Banghart gets evaluated season after season? You know, I mean, again, this is this is an Ohio State team that they're they're no joke. They have uh, they have a team that they can score in bunches. They have players that, at the end of the day, when they're showing up and they're firing at their highest clip, I believe they have four players averaging double digits. Mm-hmm. Uh, per game on the se- I'm sorry, they have six players averaging <laughs> double digits per game on the season. So this is a team that, again, they it can come from anywhere. It can come yeah. from any direction. They've got the players to do that. But with that being said, the reality is very simple. This is a this is also an Ohio State team that's had some injury problems. They, they they're not going to have the type of depth. So again, it's about withstanding when Ohio State throws their best punches. Withstanding being who you are and just keeping the showing up show just keep hey if we lose this game you'll have to beat us we won't beat ourselves because we've seen that in the tournament already from other teams in the triangle nc state that we're determined to beat themselves down the stretch that we're like eh, we're not too interested in winning this and their opponent took advantage as one will in march yeah 100% louisville takes on texas here on espn at 7 p.m. very good texas team Louisville squeaked out with a win, in my opinion. Haley Van Lith turned it on when she needed to. But this Texas program is one also that is not to be played with. I think this will definitely be a punch-up for Louisville tonight. Oh, absolutely. But, again, at this point in the time in the tournament, everybody's good. Like, you're not going to see any non-quality teams left in the tournament. And the reality is this. Yes, Texas is nothing to play with. They're not a joke. They're, I believe, a, a four seed here. But mm-hmm. the reality is is very simple. Louisville, you have one job. You have one job when it comes to beating Texas in Austin. You have to be the team that all this year they play very well at home. I want to say that they have lost maybe one game. Oh, no, I don't think they've lost at home at all. Yep. Okay. So with that being said, this is about beating a team that you've already beaten. This is about showing the team that you've already shown, hey, we're the ball. you got to do it again. You got to do it again. Everybody says it's tough to be the team twice in one season. Congratulations. They're not in your conference. So yeah. they, they, they're going to have a little bit of film to watch on you. But, you know, it's, it's not like y'all are long-standing rivals or whatnot. This is a game where Louisville has the ability to do it. Can they? Because, again, they're a lot like Ohio State. And if their highs are really hot, lows were just, who Louisville, what's going on there? So can no. Louisville stay consistent? Can Haley Van Lith come out and show up? Can Cochran hold down the paint well? Those are the questions that this team needs to answer. Miami faced a really good Oklahoma State team this past weekend, and they were able to come back from a 17-point deficit and just showed how this team has put in a lot of fight this season. They face a number one Indiana team who has been upset 
this past year. Miami is good for an upset. The Cavender twins are going to have to have a big one here. I think it's for them. Can they stay the course when things are going their way? They've shown they can do that. They're going to have to do it in a big way here tonight at 8 p.m. on ESPN2. You know, many people said that if, if South Carolina didn't exist, this would probably be the the uh, top overall seed in the tournament. And they, they'd have a very good argument for it. I believe they lost, what, two games all season? And one of which was to Iowa on the buzzer beater? Three games. Mm-hmm. Three games all season. One mm-hmm. of which was to Iowa on the Kalen Clark buzzer beater. So I, yeah. I get it. I get it. This is a very, very good um, – this is a very, very good Indiana team. They play tough nose. They play tough, hard nose defense. All that good stuff. Their identity is slowing it down, making you earn each possession, each bucket, all that good stuff. But now, for Miami, that shouldn't be a problem. Like that. Yes, this is a very physical, very long team. Yes, absolutely. But with that being said, uh, this Miami team has shown that you know they can win in multiple different ways. They can battle up against some of the teams with with very elite bigs. They can run up and down the court with teams that love to make the game attract me. They can do whatever it takes to win a ball game. Absolutely. Final game here for the women. Colorado will take on Duke at 9 p.m. late in the midnight hour, maybe for some, but definitely for me. On ESPNU, the Blue Devils looked good against Iona. They will, again, be the team that, to me, everyone sleeps on in the sense of, you know, they've had hiccup moments, but when they're good, they are great. And when they're on fire, they're explosive. And I think, like you said, it's going to come down to Celeste Taylor. It's going to come down to, you know, who's going to coach better. And I always give that nod a little bit to Carol Lawson. So I'm excited to see how Duke can quietly keep progressing. Not only that, but in the women's tournament, people tend to forget these teams are hosting. Yeah. Duke is going to be in Cameron here. And Cameron has no more basketball to celebrate outside the women. That's it. This is all the basketball y'all got. The Cameron crazies are going to be out. They're going to be crazy. Help us, Jesus. This is going to be, there's going to be, uh, it's going to be a tough, tough task for Colorado to get a win here. Um, And and because of that, because of Celeste Taylor's defensive versatility and all that, I see Duke coming away with a close one here. Yeah, I think Duke comes out on top for sure. A lot of women to talk about. It's exciting times. If we look at the menscape, if Miami were to lose to Houston next weekend, we have to do a wrap-up of the men's basketball season. And that's crazy to me, especially being ACC basketball. It's first time since 1980 or since 1980, there's been an ACC team in the Sweet 16, which is nice. But we look at it from a Blue Bloods perspective, Duke out, Kansas out, Kentucky out, North Carolina didn't even get the didn't even get the boogie. You know what I'm saying? Is tide turning for college basketball, especially from a men's landscape? Yes, 100 percent There the thing that people don't realize is like this whole traditional powers thing doesn't exist anymore in college basketball and the same way mm-hmm. it does in college football In college basketball. You have no minimum for how long you have to be there with football. When you step foot on that campus, congratulations, you signed up for three years. And of course you can't go to the NFL at 18. The best 18 year old would get destroyed by a decent 27 year. And by decent, I mean, decent in the NFL 27 year old. Yeah, that's just how that works out. So, um, you know, it it means something to like say, oh, Bear Bryant coached here, or oh, this player won a Heisman here, or oh, this player did this thing. It means something. And basketball is just like, listen, we get you the NIL, we get you this deal, we get you that deal. Don't go to overtime league, come with us, and we'll make something happen for you. And then you go on from there. 
Sure, sure. That's true. I think it's just the landscape of college basketball, college athletics really changing, but maybe in a good way. Maybe it's time we see some new teams, fresh eyes, some more upsets. But I like upsets so long as y'all y'all got to go the whole way. Like, you know, fairly, fairly Dickinson, like you can't just have one upset than y'all end it the next game. Like, let's let's have it, you know, I'd rather see a 15 seed win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that'll never happen, but crazier yeah. things. I mean, we've we've seen I've, we've seen highly seeded teams win the tournament before. It's just not fifteen. Oh, a fifteen seed. That's win. what I'm saying. That's what I'm, I'm seven eight short. Whatever. Fifteen. You, you got to be the. I mean, number one, you got to be the two seed. And then after you beat the two seed, you got to be. There's a lot that goes into that. We've seen it happen. We've seen it happen. I mean that's fair. That's fair, but it's just. But I also not- want people to put respect on ACC's name because Purdue sitting at home just like us, Kentucky sitting at home just like us, Kansas Big Twelve and them sitting home just like us. So like all the hate, it's just the way it is. We I think more team. I think I think North Carolina could have gotten the thing. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Boo. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Get off, get off this first four in, first four out thing. It's just. It's getting silly. It's getting off silly. The, the net. Like the net has been lying to us this entire tournament. I'm just gonna say. I mean, listen. Here's here's the only defense that somebody yeah. was out against for the net. Mm-hmm. The net said that the ACC was horrible. Mm-hmm. The tournament is showing. This tournament and the NIT are saying. And I, the, the ACC is horrible. Like that's that's just Clemson was a team that everybody says should have been in, and they should have they deserved to get in. Yeah. Boom, lost first round to the NIT at home. <laughs> NC State. Was, oh yeah, they're a fun, exciting upstart team. They got um, played by Creighton. I ain't gonna hold you. I mean, got- I, I I'm when a player lands on another player's ankle and hurts himself landing on that player's ankle, maybe. As far as a jump shooter, if you're landing on a jump shooter's ankle and that jump shooter is doing their regular form, maybe that should be a foul. I don't. That, know. that was an Illuminati game. That was an Illuminati game. Maybe I'm. I'm just saying it was. <laughs> you know, Creighton plays great defense without fouling. So sure. that's sure. That's the thing there. Yeah. But anyway, um, beyond that, I mean, you know, how many teams do we see fall? Like Pitt was a team that we were looking at, like, ooh, two tournament wins. Okay, one was in the play-in, first round win. All right, we see you moving in the right direction. Other than them, honestly, the most embarrassing one is Virginia because it's just like, bro, didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> didn't want to talk. I mean, you got to say, I, I'm not even upset at NC State because they were definitely on the undersea for a reason. Pitt, you know, we didn't even think they would get this far, but Virginia, y'all are supposed to be borderline blue blood that held us down, POP, and that's embarrassing. That's I'm embarrassing. not mad that Virginia lost, it's how they. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. They tricked off 50 to 38. Yeah, yeah. What under God's green earth (laughs) were you doing, my brother? And he has a lifetime to think about it. What were you doing? They'll always have 2019. And again, walking off the court saying we had a timeout. You did. You did. Sickening. Chris Other vibes. Even if, even if, and here's yeah. the crazy part, even if you like take a timeout there and like get a reset, or even if you don't think you have a timeout, oh no, they get one point and a possession, but they were down three, right? Oh no, no, they were down two at that, at that point in time. So even if you took a timeout, they get a point and a possession, they still got to score again. Yep. And you're, and you're the be- arguably the best defense in the country, they say, 
or so you so you lost yourself to be okay you know it is what it is the math ain't math should have could have would us for the rest of the offseason we'll talk about more of that as well as some of these matchups happening again tonight monday the ladies are getting it done how will they make it to the sweet 16 make sure you root for them check out all those games check out our show wherever you listen to podcasts candace cooper and kenton gibbs until next time The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.